0: Would you like to live a healthier, happier, and more fulfilled life? Cultures from all over our planet have been addressing that concern for thousands of years, and their answers can help you in your life today. Join anthropologist and healer Robert Vetter as he introduces you to cultures of health and healing. Get ready now to try out some healing beliefs and practices from far and wide. Here's the host of your show, Robert Vetter.
1: Welcome back, friends. I'm here for our second episode with William Horden, who shared with us an amazing story in the last episode about learning the Taoist art of I Ching, and then learning about a, a, a system of divination from Mexico as well. And in this session, we're gonna find out a little bit more about the teachers and specifically what they had to teach and how they influenced you in your life, William. So if you could continue that journey and tell us about some of this wisdom. I consider you to be on the highest level of a wisdom keeper. And uh, this is a good chance to talk about some of the takeaways from from these teachers that you had.
0: Okay, Bob, thank you. I will give it a whirl here. Let's see. We... um... We can look at the Taoist tradition first, that um, which is uh, coincident with uh, the I Ching. It's a, um, a part of what people sometimes call the world's oldest religion, which is animism, and so that is the direct perception. So we don't want to say a belief; it's the direct perception that all matter has spirit is spirit it has a every every object especially every living thing but but uh, all matter has a soul it has a, a and by soul we might mean a, a particular a part of spirit that has uh, an identity so by spirit we might mean the generalized spiritual uh, force or being in in the universe, in the, in the world, and by soul we probably mean a, a an individuated part of spirit. And so it's not really different than spirit, but it is. Uh, it's like the wave of an ocean. It, the wave is still the ocean, but it's it's just individuated for a while. And uh, takes on its own identity. This, of course, has a profound impact on the way that we live our life. If we see that all of nature, and, and that would include the television or the computer, all of these things are made out of nature. There, there isn't anything that isn't nature.
1: <clears throat>
0: that everything, um, has its own spiritual identity its own soul its own presence that is not separate from me then then i I recognize that everything is sacred and and not in an intellectual way i i i begin to bring this into myself and understand that I'm sacred. And this, this of course, you know, in, in kind of a joking fashion, we can say, you know, this is the most terrible thing in the world because now I have to act as a divine being, treating other beings as divine. And How, you know, how, how can I be selfish? How can I, how can I uh Engage in pure self-interest, self-interestedness, and greed, and hostility, and jealousy, and things like that. If 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 I hold these um, direct perceptions in my heart, not in my head. So this has a. A counterpart in the um, uh, Toltec traditions. They um, we have to remember I'm talking about the indigenous traditions prior to um, the uh, conquest of Mexico and uh, by the Spanish. They had a big council of philosophers and poets. Where they asked the question, where can we stand? Where is there a place to stand? And uh, by this they meant, where is there firm ground for belief for and for action in life? And uh, they came up with a, a lot of um, possibilities, you know, uh, well, you're born and you die and that's it and uh, that's the end of it. No, you're, you're born, and then uh, you, you go to a particular place after you die. Well, uh, life is a dream, and uh, none of this is real, and so on and so forth. They went through uh, a dozen or so different scenarios, and to each one of them, they said, well, that's all well and good, but there's no proof of that. There's no, there's no direct perception of that where can we stand and what they they agreed to was what became called flower and song and this became their philosophy and uh, by flower what they meant was that every moment is as perfect as a flower in full bloom everything every moment, every experience is as perfect as a flower in full bloom and like a flower in full bloom, it is dying. And this became what, what was thought of as the, the warrior's um, uh, perception worldview that because it it takes a warrior attitude, which, you know, which is not a warrior uh, of violence and external, but a warrior who's attempting to defeat their own enemy within, but it, it takes self-discipline. It takes, it takes mastery of, of um, the, the instincts, To be able to hold both of these emotions and these thoughts in mind, in heart, at the same moment. Intense gratitude for the perfection of things and intense sorrow and grief at their passing. And to hold these two things in one's heart at the same moment. Well, try it. It's it's a it's a it's an exercise in in expanding the 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 limits of awareness and of uh, and of uh, and one's presence in the world because uh, everything everything begins to uh, pour light out of itself. Everything becomes this uh, terrifying revelation. of of grandeur and beauty and at the same time um, the loss of the presence of things that we love and this is this is the this is the real nub perhaps of it is that the land begins to speak to us sometimes the word nature is too abstract but for for people who who know what I mean when I say the land, this every stone, every pebble, every tree in in your um, surroundings and and every house, every church, and you know, all of these things are part of the land that you live in with not on you live in and with that this identification with the land becomes an identification with spirit it becomes an identification with the with the world soul this is, you know plato um, was an animist the the ancient greeks were not um, you know these super intellectuals they were they were trying to uh, grasp their their animism in a way that was not uh, purely superstitious but did not take away from their lived experience and Plato in in describing what he called the anima Mundi, the the world soul, said everything is connected and it has intelligence. He didn't say they have intelligence, he says it has intelligence. The world soul is a being, and it's just as much an environment for my soul as the physical world is an environment for my body. And so when we speak speak about spirit journeying and, and, and things like that, we're talking about entering the world soul we can see uh, parallels in Sufism with the, with the imaginal, the Imam uh, uh as Koroban brought back uh, from uh, his studies uh, of Persia, Sufism. And uh, that that then became uh, integrated into uh, Jungian and, uh, and Hillman psychology, this idea of the imaginal. Mm-hmm. In the uh, the Aboriginal folks in Australia call it Dreamtime, and in uh, Mexico in the Toltec tradition, it's called the Nawal. It's so every every indigenous culture knows about this, and and, uh, and, and at least the the practitioners, um, let us say shamans for 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 lack of a better word um the, the, those those specialists in the spiritual rituals and traditions um spend a great deal of time there but so so the uh, quote ordinary people this is not it's not something that is set aside solely for practitioners of the uh, of the healing arts and things like that it's it's a it's a place of dwelling for the for the soul and uh, what uh, what my teacher Don Alfredo would, would uh, say is, this is how we have created our pueblo. Because th- this this is where we live in the other world. You know, these are our relationships in the other world, and and um, this is the this is the community pueblo really means community more than it means town,
1: and. Um, William, can I, can I back you up for one moment? Please. You talked about the word Nawal, and there is such a disagreement in the literature about what that term means. And I'm thinking the, the first time that I came across it was, you know, a million years ago in my readings of Carlos Castaneda and the distinction right. that he made between the Tonal and the Nawal. And over the years, I've really delved into this, both with people who are practitioners of the spiritual arts of Mesoamerica, as well as, you know, my background as an anthropologist and looking at different ways that that term has been used. And it means so many different things to so many different people. Can you just speak for a moment to that about the ways that it's used and and the way that you're using it?
0: Yes thank you um, well one thing you just uh, by by means of context uh, there's uh, people say there's no such thing as shamanism there's animism but there's but shamanism is not a tradition it's specific to every pueblo and so here in this in this town um uh fire may be masculine and water is feminine and you just go down the road 5 miles and in the next one water is feminine and fire er, water is masculine and fire is feminine the 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 point is not the specifics it is the interaction between polarities and between spiritual entities and so what, what we'll say is that animism is is what is is real and that the the concept of shamanism is one that is uh, much more specific and the, the, I think you run into the same problem with nawal as a concept or as a as a word that um, I have seen it uh, used differently. In fact in, in many places in Mexico the, the word nawal simply means um, an evil sorcerer and uh, so people will cross themselves if they even hear the word. It's like the, that's, that's, the, that's the epitome of the, of the dark forces, and a lot of that is, you know, Catholic upbringing and things like that, and, and an unfamiliarity with, with the real traditions. But, that said, the word Nawal, the way that I hear it used uh, is, and the way that I use it is, a person can be a Nawal but they are an embodiment or a manifestation of the Nahual world. And, um, I think this is one of the things, uh, that, uh, that Castaneda did get right. And, um, you know, it's not held in super great regard in Mexico. Um, but, uh, or perhaps <laughs> other places as well, but, um, but he he did he did seem to get that uh right that that it, that we can say there is the tonal, which is what we might call consensual reality uh, based on whatever culture we're, we might be in at the time, and then there is the nawal, which is more of the spirit world and i i I think that that's as general a, a way to think of it um as, as as possible but it's um i i would say that i i like the word my my teacher uh master kai uh would call it uh, the in-between world and um and i suspect this is this is very similar to the bardo um, that but it's the in-between world because it's the it's the realm between the archetypes of pure idea and our world here uh, that we're most aware of the world of manifestation and that this in-between world is the world of psyche the world of soul the world of spirit and uh, so in, in those terms, we, th- we think of things coming from the one into their uh into their archetypal pure idea through a process of emanation in in, in, into soul and then and then into denser material substance denser substance into the the world of manifestation and so we the the dina wall as opposed to a na wall as a person they know the uh, the Nawal is a um, a place that when we when we learn to journey in the spirit realm, we, for example, for soul retrievals that would be that would be something that a lot of people have heard about and may be somewhat familiar with. The um, the practitioner is going to come into contact with other souls. And, and that's that's indicative of the of the idea that we are not um, we're not living in a fanciful space of of our own individual imagination. We are increasingly coming into contact with uh, what they call in Buddhism uh, great soul beings you know we, we come we, we are uh, allowed to to gather wisdom and to gather knowledge from those who have um, like ourselves have had multiple lifetimes but um, but currently are, their their memory is not uh, obstructed <laughs> by having a physical body so how so do we that, tap into that, the nawal that's a that's a you know that's a fan it 's a fantastic question and and i I think that my feeling is that that there has to be dozens. Of practices that allow us to do that, I, I have to believe that that there are that, that there are more than uh, one way to do it, but uh, that all I know is is the way that I know, and so I, I think that every culture, or every tradition, and wisdom teaching uh, that that aims in that direction is uh, has has their own. Uh, practice. I would I would say that from, from my perspective it is a it is a practice of um, single minded concentration mixed with reverence and so uh, I would I would have an intention or an image I would have a but perhaps an intention is the best the best uh, way to look at it at the moment and it is to have a single minded concentration of intense focus for uh, for you know more than 10 seconds you know or talking perhaps 10 minutes uh, an hour something like that so it's not exactly meditation because meditation would be Usually aimed at a at a relaxed mind, but but the single mind concentration is 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 uh, is is not enough. But that will that will that will help break what we would call the trance of separation. You know people will say, "Oh, the, that shaman uh, went into a trance and and went into a spirit journey, and then those of us on this side of the coin would say, "No, he broke the trance
1: <laughs> you're You're in the trance <laughs> <laughs> Is there an object of this of this concentration, an image?"
0: I think that when I say it's an intention, it would be something that the person really felt was apropos to their stage of need or of desire to do, to accomplish. In other words, to be a benefit or to to a large extent. But I do want to just step back one second. Without reverence, without this almost... Bowing, sense of, of reverence, of of, of sincere <laughs> uh, awe, and and uh, and and genuine uh, reverence for that which is greater than ourselves. The concentration is 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 not enough. But, um, but the but. Uh, i i'm saying that the that, that, that this is a this is a way to do it for people who don't have access to somebody who's drumming for two or three hours or uh, chanting or doing some of the techniques that are are used to um to draw people out of their uh trance and into a a perception a direct perception of the spiritual world which in within which they are always present. To go back to your question, um, I think that the usually, well at the beginning we are going into the, we, we enter into the spirit world I think as an exploration really. We are trying to discover ourselves, we are trying to discover our place in that world and, um, and, and, and uh, to better understand our place in, uh, among our multiple lifetimes and, and what we can do in this lifetime. But um, as, as a lot of practitioners uh, evolve, they, they go into that journey in order to be with other allies. Who all of all of whom are focusing on a similar intention, which oftentimes is, are, is things like peace and prospering for all. You know, in, in other words, the intentions are to benefit all at the same time. Um, how to restore wholeness to civilization. How to restore a, a sense of uh, 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 place to human nature. So, um, so first of all, that your first question: How do we do that? And then, what, what why do we do that? You know. And so, a, a shaman will 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 do soul retrievals in order to benefit someone. There are some Nawals, high, very. I mean, I I, I have met uh, one Nawal and spent time with one Nawal in my life, and uh, for several weeks. And I can tell you that is an experience because that, that is like being with. <laughs> that is like being with the spirit world personified. You just. I I was with this man for three weeks. Uh, he he was uh, living with us. I never saw his face. In three weeks, I could never penetrate the thing that, that was in front of him. I could never make out his features. This is it's 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 an extraordinary thing to meet somebody who's just the great mystery personified, embodied. But these are these are people who will do soul retrievals for human nature. You know, trying to re, trying to retrieve the, the soul of, 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 of all humanity. That's a big task. It's a big task. And it's a big soul that undertakes tasks like that
1: and that might be a good spot for us to break at this time william uh thank you for taking on this taking us along with you on this journey into the Nahuatl, at least uh to the point where we can look over and catch a glimpse so thank yeah. you in our next yeah. session i'm hoping that we can uh bring this down to home bring it to to where we are now and a little bit talk a little bit about how we can use these teachings in our lives. So thank you for this very, very inspiring time together. Thank you, Bob. And I hope everybody will tune in for part three of this. Thank you so much.
0: This has been Cultures of Health and Healing with Robert Fetter. Thanks for listening. Please remember to subscribe and rate this show and share it with others. Until next time, remember, your health and healing matter and you can find your own unique path to optimum wellness.